Welcome to Say Yes and Become. I'm your host, Leonard Lee, and I want to invite you to get ready to say yes. One of the most exciting and life-shaping words people say today is yes. And when we say yes to God, we become exactly who we were made to be. God is always inviting us to be his friend and to be his partner. It is an invitation to get close to him and then join him in what he wants done. Saying yes to friendship and saying yes to partnership changes everything. We're going to meet people whose yes to God has shaped their very lives and the lives of so many others. We will be encouraged, inspired, and we're going to find new ways to say yes to a friendship and partnership with God. So grab your coffee, get yourself to the gym, get ready for that bike ride, or do whatever you do when you take in a podcast and join us today as we say yes and become. Welcome. I am so excited that you are with us on our very first recorded podcast. Say yes and become. I was talking to some friends the other day and they said, you're recording a podcast. I said, I am. I'm so excited. What's it going to be called? I said, it's going to be called say yes and become. And they kind of paused like, what does that mean? Well, if you're asking that question, you're in luck because we're going to talk a little bit about how we got our title and what we're going to do. And then I want to just take a little bit of time and share with you how yes has shaped my life, how saying yes. So thank you for being here. I hope that you enjoy our time. And let's talk a little bit how we got our title. We got our title, Say Yes and Become. It goes all the way back literally into the book of Genesis. God gave some invitations to humanity that I think a yes shapes everything. The first invitation God gave to humanity was just be my friend. Come get close to me. Come come spend time with me. And he did that through creation. He did that through participation. And then he said, once he finished creating everything, he said, now I have some work for you to do. I have something I want done in the world. And so these two invitations are friendship and partnership with God. I believe that everything hinges on us saying yes to those two invitations. Come be my friend. Come be close to me. By the way, if you're wondering where I find that in the Bible, it is everywhere. It's all over the scriptures. The greatest commandment, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, friendship, love your neighbor as yourself, partnership. These are the invitations of God, and we want to say yes to them because here's what I know. I think you know it too. When, whatever we say yes to the most wins the day in our life. If I say yes to too much cake, I become, well, too much me. And if I say yes to too much uh, leisure and do nothing, I don't get anything done. If I say yes to whatever I say yes to, it impacts my life greatly. Here's going to be the format of our podcast in general. I've got several guests lined up already. And we're going to do some interviews. We're going to have some conversations. You're going to get to know some of my friends and the people whose yes has shaped my life or people whose yes is shaping theirs in the lives of those around them. And so we want to say yes and become. And what do we become when we say yes? We become a friend of God and we become a partner with God. That is the growing friendship and partnership that I want to see for everybody in the world. That's how we live our lives. Uh, a little bit about me, married, heading into 33 years this uh, April. Also have a couple of adult kids that I'm crazy about. I run a ministry uh, called 4Gen Network. You can find that link in the, in the notes. Uh, I'm a speaker, writer. I do all kinds of fun things. Travel around the world. 
Just got back from Africa. We'll be in India shortly. Come back, head back to Africa, then to Cuba, travel across the country, speaking, training, and equipping uh, people for saying yes, really, to be friends and partners with God. So that's a little bit about me and I live in Tennessee, but I grew up in California, so there's a big difference. All y'alls are just not coming off the tongue like they do out here. In fact, the other day I was in a restaurant, and I was trying to get my Southern on because I just I just just been barely Southern, and and I was trying to put you know say something Southern and 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 I said to this gal after I was ordering some food, I said, "Darling, could you get me some sweet tea?" And she looked at me, and you know how like when a dog hears a whistle and it turns its head sideways, like, what, what? She looked at me like that, like she'd heard some strange whistle. And, <laughs> and she, I, said, I said, I'm actually from California, and I'm trying to learn my Southern. She tapped her little heart, and she just patted it and said, oh, bless your heart. And I knew that meant you do not have, you just keep trying because you're not there yet. Anyhow. Say yes and become. How in the world uh, does saying yes shape our lives? So I want to just tell you a few stories. First story begins in 1966. And actually, it began before then, but in 1966, uh, my, my family was just off to a rough start. Had an abusive alcoholic father. I had a mom who worked several jobs. I had grandparents that lived down the street, and we'd stay, spend a lot of time there a lot of love around me, a lot of people that pointed me to good choices in my life. But there was a lot of difficult seasons in my life and in the life of my brother and my sister. I'm the youngest of three. Well, in 1966, I think it was about July, our church that we were a part of held a kids program. We called them vacation Bible schools. Now they're called kids jam and summer break and all the other things. But just a simple vacation Bible school. And we had a guy come in. He was a, he was a great storyteller. And he was telling the story of David and Goliath. Now, David was the, the king who, who took a, a sling and swung it around and hit this giant in, in the head and chopped off his head. And, and it's such a great story. But as he told the story of David and Goliath, all I could see was this, this little guy about the same size as me. He was about the same age as me. Now, he was older in, in real life, but in the story, all, it's all that my mind could see. And I remember sitting there thinking, wow, how could David be so brave? How could he be so courageous? There was a lot going on in my home. My father had just tried to murder my mother. My grandfather caught him, threw him out. That was the last time I ever saw him. Uh, we hid in the back room. We were... Uh, we were not completely aware, or I wasn't completely aware of what was going on. All I knew, it was bad. And inside of me was this enormous, enormous vacancy of a father who would love me and who would be with me and who would provide the surrounding uh, comfort of a life so I could grow my courage in good soil. And so the speaker, the, the storyteller, got up and he said, David was not afraid because David knew that God was with him. And when God is with you, you can face the giants around you. And it just went straight to the center of my heart. I heard that story and I thought, I want that. And then he said this, he said, and you can know the same God that David knew if you will come up here and ask Jesus to come into your life and to forgive your sins. 
before he had even finished his sentence, I was in the front and I was standing there, just a little boy. I couldn't even read yet. And just a little boy. And I heard that story and I went to the front and a man met me there. His name was Roy Clark. And Roy said, Leonard, what are you doing here? And I said, I, I want Jesus. I want the same. I want the same God that David had. So he took me to the side and he set me down and he explained the good news of God and the love of God and how much God loved me and that he gave his life for me and that if I would if I would tell him I'm sorry for the things that I've done wrong and invite him to come and be in charge of my life, that I could be his kid and he would be with me forever. And I remember that day, I don't remember the exact words, but I do remember what I asked God. I asked him to come into my life and forgive me. And that was the first yes that shaped my life. Because it was that yes that began to, it began to, to change the way I saw the world around me. I began to feel like I was loved by God. I began to feel like God cared for me. I began to feel like uh, th that my life had some kind of protection and surrounding and God began to fill this giant hole that was inside of my heart and my soul. I said yes to him and his promise to be with me always. I have a, a few other yeses that I've said, but there was another one I said. And it was about uh, 10 years later. It was in 1976. I was, I was just a teenager. I was about 13 and a half, almost 14 years old. And I was on the edge. Now, Keep in mind, I grew up in a home that loved Jesus, but it also had other issues. There was a whole lot of other things going on. There was a lot of wounds in my life from outside sources, not even outside of my family. And I remember being on this threshold as a kid, and this, it was just a threshold of behavior. And, and the Holy Spirit began to just speak to my heart, just an impression on my heart. I didn't hear audible words. I didn't hear anything crazy. There was no music or anything, but just this simple, simple, uh, prompting in my heart that said, Leonard, if you make the decision to go down this road, I was on the edge of doing some stupid, stupid, stupid. Can I say stupid things? And God's through the Holy Spirit just impressed him on his. If you go down this road, you're going to leave a trail of damage and you may never come back to what I've planned for you. Don't say yes to that. Say yes to me. Two days later, now I didn't really know how to say yes to God at the time. I thought, well, you go to church, you sing some songs, you you go to Sunday school, and that's your yes. You don't be too mean, you kind of obey your parents. And some of that's involved, but the truth of the matter is I had no idea what saying yes to God on a regular basis meant or looked like. Two days later, there was a, a speaker, and he was in our town, and he, was a, he would come through, and he would tour churches, and he would uh, speak to the students. Well, he was at our church that Sunday, two days after that. And I remember uh, his name was Rick Brooks, and he came in, and he watched me goof off. And I was kind of a stupid kid. I was all over the map. I was up, down, everywhere, uh, uh, sitting still, being quiet were not two things I was good at. And he watched me, and he watched me with people. He watched me as I went around. He watched that every time I went into a, a part of the room, I brought an energy to that part. Not always good energy, but that's what he saw happen. And at the end of his talk, he came to me and he said, Leonard, I, I was watching you and I've seen you before as I've come through, but I've been watching you and I have a dare for you. Now, this is in the spring of 1976. He says, I have a dare for you. And I'm, if you were to dare, dare 1976, Leonard, to do anything, 
you were going to lose. Man, I was going to do it. Jump out of a window. Okay, I can do it. I'll recover. Jump out of a moving car. I'll do it. I'll recover. Whatever it was, I was going to do. And he picked up my little Bible that was sitting there on the table. And he handed it to me. And he says, here's my dare. My dare for you is this. I dare you to read this every day for an hour a day for one year straight. 365 days, an hour a day. And I got to tell you what, before I even knew what he was asking me, before I even understood all the, all the, the weight of what he was asking me, I said, yes, I'll do it. I'm ready. I'll take that dare. Challenge accepted. And I was going to do it. I went home that night. I grabbed my mom's egg timer and it was a little dial on the wheel and you, you wind it up and it goes tick, 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 ding at the end of an hour, whatever time you set it for. And I began to read it. And for an hour a day, for one year straight, I read my Bible nearly every single day. Now, I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a, a, a reading program. I just simply opened it up and started reading it and reading it and reading it. And something happened inside of me. I began to recognize what God sounded like. I began to recognize that God loved me. I began to recognize that God wanted me to be his friend. I began to recognize that God wanted me to join him in the things that he wanted done in this world. I began to recognize that God had made me on purpose for a purpose, that he wanted me. And everything began to change because of that. I'm so excited about that because that was a simple yes, not easy, but simple and the word of God began to shape my life. The Bible actually says it this way. The word of God is alive and active or quick and powerful. And it's sharper than a two-edged sword. It cuts and divides between bone and marrow. Uh, it's cutting edge is so sharp. And it judges the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And my heart began to be revealed. And as God revealed my heart through the word, he began to heal it. He didn't judge it. He didn't hate me. He just simply said, I love you. And here's where I want my love to land in your life. It was incredible. And as I began to say yes, first of all, to a friendship and partnership with God, inviting Jesus in my life, that yes became even more real with my second yes when I said, I will read the Word of God, the Bible, every day for a year. My entire life has changed. There's one of the sentences from the Bible I loved just so much. It says, my, the, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And as I, as I began to read and I came across that in the Psalms and, and as I read it, here's what it, said to my, here's what it said to my heart. The word of God shows me where my feet are. It's a, it's a lamp to my feet. This is where your feet are standing and it's a light to my path and that's where your feet should be going. That's how the Bible has changed me. That's how my second yes shaped me. Man, I'm so excited to share these stories with you. Uh, I hope they encourage you. I hope that from hearing them, you might be prompted to maybe take a challenge and read the Bible. Maybe you have never met uh, and began a friendship with God, and maybe that would be something that you'd say, I want to do that too. I want to invite Jesus into my life and to forgive me. I want to say these yeses to a friendship with God, to a partnership with God. We're going to take a quick break uh, and so you can hear from one of our sponsors. And I, I, this is a person that, uh, that I just love. And so I'm excited. Listen to our sponsorship here. At 
Today, Yes and Become, we are always excited when someone sponsors our podcast. Today, I am super excited about our sponsor for two reasons. I love the product and I love the people even more. Here's what most of us know. There are very few experiences that bring more joy than a great cup of coffee to start your day. From the first sip to the last, Papa's Roast Coffee is committed to making each cup special. Taken from a single origin coffee source, packaged in eco-friendly bags, roasted in small batches to get that perfect roast and shine on every bean, Papa's Roast Coffee is the perfect choice to start your day or share with a friend. I love to make a pot early in the morning and drink it while I read. We love the owners, Dean and Debbie Christ, and their commitment to the kingdom. Having personally watched the journey of Dean and Debbie that they have taken that moved Papa's Roast from an idea into reality, I can tell you with 100% certainty that Papa's Roast exists today because they said yes. Why don't you say yes to an amazing cup of coffee and order some Papa's Roast today? Papa's Roast can be ordered at papasroast.com and we'll also put a link in the show notes if you want to find it then. Now back to say yes and become. Welcome back. I hope you got to order some Papa's Roast coffee. I love that coffee. Now I want to just share you the last two share with you the last two yeses that changed everything for me. The first one or the third one was in the summer of 1978. It was a summer camp and I had never been to summer camp in my life. In fact, I'd only been to one camp prior to that with the school I was at because I was attending a little Christian school. My mother had worked a second job and allowed so we could pay for it. But now I was going to go to summer camp and it was Pilot Lake Camp in the mountains of California. And I didn't know anybody except my sister. We were the only two kids from our church that went to summer camp. We were the only two kids in the youth group at the time. But before the, the camp even began, I got there. Before we even began, we registered. The speaker cornered me. And I knew the speaker because he was my pastor way, way, way back in the day when I first met Jesus. He was the pastor that baptized me. He was my pastor. And, and he said, Leonard, I know your grandma. And I knew your grandpa when he was on this earth. And I know your mommy, your stepdaddy, and I knew your daddy. And I want to tell you right now, it's time. Time for what? I didn't have any idea. I had no clue. Time for what is it running through my head? And before I could even say a word, he said, it's time for you to live as though it was God who made you and God who loves you. And that just somehow landed on me differently. He wasn't scolding me. He wasn't yelling at me. He was calling me out to be who God had made me because of the love of God. So now as camp goes, and if you've ever been to camp, you know what it's like. The speaker, they sing some songs, they play some games, the speaker gets up, he says these powerful words, he tells you a couple stories, people get emotional, they come forward. Well, that was the whole scenario, it happened. But I've, I, I found myself sitting in the very back row of the chapel. Now all the cool kids sat in the back row I wasn't one of the cool kids, but at least I could sit around the cool kids. And by the way, I was so much funnier in the back row because I could do things that I couldn't do in the front row. But without even realizing what I had done, at the end of the message, I had gotten up and I walked forward and I just stood there in the front. It wasn't emotional. It wasn't no tears. There was no uh, big wave of emotion. 
I just sensed in my heart that the Holy Spirit, the same one that challenged me to read the Bible, the same one that said, Leonard, say yes to me and not to that brokenness, that same Holy Spirit said, say yes to God here. Say yes to God here. He's calling you. He wants to be your friend and he wants to be your partner. And so I stood there and I remember the speaker came to me and he says, Leonard, why are you here? Why are you, why did you come up here? And I just simply said this. I said, I came up here to say yes. I don't know the question, but I trust the one who is asking. And so here I am to say, Jesus, today and for the rest of my life, the answer is yes. Whatever you ask, I say yes. And then me, you know, just being a little dramatic, maybe, I don't know. I thought of the worst thing I could think of to do. What would be the worst thing? Maybe what's the worst thing that you could do? Here's what I said. The worst thing that he could ask me to do that I would have to say yes to is, and God, if that means cleaning toilets every day for the rest of my life, I'll do it. I say yes. I don't think it's a coincidence that that at the end of that summer, I got a job. And my primary job or primary responsibility in that job was to clean the bathrooms. Then I went off to school, to college. And when I got to college, in order to pay for my college, I got a job that started at midnight to 4 a.m. every day, five days a week. And my job was to clean the bathrooms all over this high school and junior high and elementary school campus. And that's what I did. There was one point in time when the bathrooms were particularly bad. And I remember saying to God, I was just kidding. That was just an illustration. You don't actually have to make me clean bathrooms for the rest of my life. And I laughed a little bit, you know, but I said yes, and that yes changed my life. From the beginning of yes to becoming friends and partners with God by inviting Jesus into my life, and then saying yes to allowing the voice of God to, to, to be heard in my mind and to be transformed by changing my mind, I began to follow Jesus and I'm trusting him. And now I'm saying, Jesus, I don't care what you want me to do, I'll do it. And something happened with that friendship, with that partnership, with that yes. I began to see the world differently. I began to see other people differently. I always had a heart to see people know Jesus. But I began to put myself in a place of saying, maybe I have a responsibility to tell other people about Jesus more effectively. And that takes me to the fourth yes. Is the, the third one was in the summer of 1978. Two weeks later, I got home and I said to my mother, I said, Mom, I don't want to be in a Christian school anymore. Now, this panicked her because my, my, uh, the, the Christian school was like a safety net for her. It was how we were going to be protected. We weren't going to be corrupted by the world. And she was willing to sacrifice, and she did, and I was so grateful. But she said, I said, I don't want to be in a Christian school anymore. I want to go to a public school. Now, the Christian school I was in had about 100 students in the high school, kind of a big fish in a little pond. I played all the sports. I got to play varsity as a freshman on a couple sports. It was, it was amazing. Then I went to a public school that had almost 2,000 students in it. And here's a, here's a repeated theme in my life. I didn't know anybody except my sister. I'd love to tell you that I was the coolest brother ever and that I was really fun to hang out with as a brother, but... Um, I would be the only one telling you that, and it would be a lie. I wasn't the coolest brother ever. I love my sister, but I was not, I was not the kindest person to her. 
And God began to change my life by putting me in this school. And as I got into this school, I remember signing up to play football. I wanted to play tackle football. And so I signed up to do that. And I remember uh, uh, my first day on campus, I walked into the campus. There was these big arches and I walked through the doors and I saw the great court sitting out in front of us. I saw all the classrooms and everything. And I, I said, God, I know I told you the answer is yes, but if you would let me, if you would let me, I would love to tell my entire class about you. And I want to spend the next three years, I was a sophomore in high school now, I want to spend the next three years telling as many people about Jesus as I can. Will you help me? And God said yes to that. God said yes to me. And so I walked onto that campus and I began to share Jesus with as many people. I began to ask folks, now, you got to understand, I'm kind of an extreme extrovert. I'm not, I, I don't meet strangers. I only meet friends. I have no problem walking into a room and saying hi to everybody in the room. Uh, it's just part of my, my wiring. And so I had no trouble walking onto that campus not knowing anybody and meeting people and saying hello, and my name is Leonard, and what's your name, and making friends with folks. And as I did, I began to ask people, if they had a friendship with Jesus. Do you know him? Do you know that God loves you? Do you know that he has a plan for your life? Do you know that he cares about who you are? Have you ever heard of that? Have you ever thought of that? And over the three years, God gave me the chance to, to share and lead about a hundred of my friends to Jesus. And every one of my friends who, who, who met Jesus, I'd buy them a Bible, I'd teach them how to read it, I'd show them how to pray, I'd tell them, the, here's, here's why we do church. And our church began to be filled with all these students that did not look like anybody in this old Baptist fundamental church that we were part of. They would look at us like, uh, this is probably a good thing that people are meeting Jesus, but those kids are not like the regular kids. They're noisy. And, I, and they told me that once. I said, we don't have any regular kids. This is the youth group. This is now what we have. And God bless that. And here's the thing. Now, it's about three weeks before I graduate high school. And, and uh, one of my buddies who I had shared Jesus with, and he had followed Jesus now, he was on a student uh, council. Now, I, I had no grades in a 1.7 GPA. I, I graduated because somebody actually uh, destroyed the finals in one of my classes that I needed to pass in order to graduate. I got into college on the basis of recommendations, not on the basis of grades, GPA, anything else. But God, in his goodness, had my friend come to me and say, Leonard, would you like to make a speech to our class? Now, two thoughts went through my mind. The first thought was this. There's no way on God's green earth that I could make a speech to our class because I don't have the grades for it. I can't be a valedictorian. I can't be a salutatorian. I am a last placeatorian. I'm a barely graduated high schoolatorian. I am a special education readingatorian. I had no ability to uh, be able to be up there. I had not earned it. Other people did. I didn't. And I said, I can't make that speech because I can't. I I I can't do that. I, I'm not qualified. And my friend said to me, he says, Hey, we we've got this thing called the baccalaureate. And I had never heard of it. And I said, well, what is that? A, bac a, a baccalaureate? He said, yeah, it's an inspirational time where the whole class comes together and different students make speeches. And I am in charge of getting the students to make speeches. Would you like to make one to our class? 
And as soon as he said that, my thought went back to that very first day at school when I said, Jesus, if you let me tell my class about you, I will. And he's just saying yes to that. And I stepped into that yes. And I began to uh, prepare myself. He said, oh, there's one more thing I have to tell you, Leonard. And I said, what is that? He says, it's at the Mormon church. And um, they don't want you to say anything bad about Mormons. And one of the Mormon bishops actually came to me and said, don't you talk bad about Mormons? And I said, I promise I won't. I would never do that. I don't want to be disrespectful. And he said, okay, but if you do, and he kind of gave me that, that I'm going to pinch you on the back of your arm look that your mom gave you in church. That's the look that I got. And I was like, oh, I promise to be good. Well, now comes the day for the baccalaureate. And I stood up front and I just shared the good news of Jesus. I talked about his love for us. And I talked about how God demonstrates his love for us on a cross, that Jesus would die for us even in our brokenness. And then I talked about the proof that God not only can love us, but has the power to love us because of him rising from the dead. And I was like, it was just surreal. And I looked in the back row and there's all my friends, a bunch of my friends sitting in the back and they're all praying for me. And I was like, this is the coolest moment of my life so far. And I remember saying yes way, way back then to saying, God, I want to make disciples who make disciples on my campus. That yes, all four of these yeses, the yes to be a friend of God, yes to be a partner with God, yes, yes to um, taking and putting the word of God into my heart, yes to uh, saying, God, I'll, I'll, I'll serve you for the rest of my life, and yes to starting that at a public high school. Those yeses have shaped everything about my life, who I marry, the kids I have, the family I have, the job I do, the places I travel. We're going to get to know each other better and better. If you want to know a little bit more about me, you can go to leonardlee.com. Find me in the, uh, uh, you can find all my stuff. You'll find that link in the, in the notes. Uh, and, and I just want to say thanks for listening. Thanks for being here on our very, very first, very first um, podcast. Thank you for joining us to Saying Yes to Become. Our next podcast will be an interview with a longtime friend, Justin Orr. Justin uh, is a pastor. He is uh, a group's pastor at a church in California, and he has more dirt on me than almost anybody I've known, but I also have the dirt on him. You don't want to miss this interview with Justin as he shares with his, his incredible story of how saying yes to God has impacted and continues to impact his life. Can't wait can't wait for the next time so as we say yes and become and don't forget to check out Papa's Roast. <laughs>